Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out You guys uh, going to see any music coming up? Any concerts out there? Yeah, we're both going to My Morning Jacket at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Because we're nice. winners. Because nice. uh, <laughs> we're white. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you can be both. They're not uh, mutually ex- exclusive. I, now we got we got Nathaniel Rateliff and Duran Jones and Indicators tickets at the Bowl coming up, and then the Jack, the My Morning Jacket, and then uh, Father John. And then we're going to see some guy named Marlon Williams uh, at the Troubadour in October. Those that's the, those are the only shows we have on the near horizon. All right, we're going to play a game. You guys are going to Outside Lands on Saturday, right? And I'm going to read off the bands, and you're going to tell me okay. to go see. Because other than Green Day... Wait, wait, wait. You're going to Outside Lands on Saturday? Yeah. And I don't okay. know... All right. Most of these people, my wife's friend who's in town, she works for, um, I think it's Superfly that puts it on. So like yeah. she gets passes and stuff. So we'll go out there like usually one day of the weekend and, uh, basically Saturday just cause we're old and like, I don't want to go out on a Sunday. Night if I don't have oh to, yeah, you know? for sure. But like, um, yeah, it's too much anyway. So Jack Harlow, I've heard Jack Harlow. He's like a white rapper from Kentucky who has... Oh, yeah, yeah. Who, like, kind of yeah. dresses preppy. I, I don't think I've ever heard any of his songs. I he, There was a thing in Rolling Stone about him, and it's just... He sounds like a ridiculous kid. All right. I've only heard the song he wrote about Dua Lipa trying to get her. I don't think it worked. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Dua Lipa? Um, local natives, <laughs> Mac DeMarco. Local natives and Mac DeMarco are both kind of indie artists. That yeah, that they're both good. I don't really like the local natives, but I do like Mac DeMarco. Yeah, the local natives are a very sweet band. A lot of howls, a lot of reverb, a lot of moaning. It's a, it's a lot of. <laughs> it's not quite emo. It's almost like pussy rock, basically. Mm-hmm. If you were gonna say it like that, I know that's maybe not kosher these days. In many ways, but it's just in many ways. It's just. It, I think the girls like. Let's it. say this: my dog is a huge uh, weenie, and so it's Goof Rock. That's what I would call it. My, and my <laughs> dog's name is Goof, so let's just call it Goof Rock. Goof Rock. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Claude Van Stroke, Larry June, Toka Monster, Parcells, Sam Fender. I want to know who Toka Monster is. Are you reading front to back? I'm reading or late to early? late to early. Yeah, so they're getting more obscure okay, now. Okay. But Green Day is the headliner, and that's the only. I feel bad. I'm just ah. like that's the only one I've heard of. So you you, you should it, check man. out Mac DeMarco. I think you'd like Mac DeMarco. I've seen this band. Is it Crew Angbin? Is that how you pronounce it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they're great. Krungbin. So they were out there last year, and that was one of the ones we just happened to be there that day and at a stage, and that was just like, I'll follow them around. Are you pumped <laughs> to see Green Day? I would be. I've seen them once before in the, um, I think it's called the Tabernacle in Atlanta. 
Yeah. Oh, and great really venue. Good, man. Yeah, a little tiny yeah. venue, and they were great. Um, and I, they're from out here, so I, hopefully they'll yeah put on a fucking show i don't know if you know this but neil neil is the only american idiot fan that i know the only he's maybe the only person who i know that's listened to american idiot from front to back hell yeah i love it i stand by it kidding me this is the show we need to have this more often (laughs) more combative this is the show show. (laughs) oh my goodness only if we traded you for neil (laughs) <laughs> regular neil could just be a guest at this point i'm kidding I, I'm, oh I'm, my god it it is it is really, you know look we, we we were talking about baseball season last week vin scully died the the voice of the dodgers uh, and a lot of other things in our sports lives i would say in our parents sports lives oh fuck he was old yeah uh, he used to do the masters didn't he <laughs> he did probably did everything he probably did horse mm-hmm. racing he probably yeah. did an ollie mm-hmm. fight in the 60s Um, But it is baseball season, and the trading deadline hit. We're not going to break down the Juan Soto trade, unfortunately, for for all the baseball fans there. But what we are going to do is we're going to talk about uh, rock and roll band trades. And we're not going to spend too much time on it, but if I was like, you know, like a Bay Area trade, it's the trade deadline. I mean, you can get as specific as you want. You can be like, all right, I would trade Keith Richards post-exile to Pink Floyd for David Gilmore or whatever. Yeah, so now if you could think about a rock and roll band trade, what what would be the one you would like to see at any point in history, really? And you can go cross generations with bands. You could say uh, Eddie Vedder for fucking Mick Jagger or whatever. Well, there's one guy that I wish had a better band, uh, Steve Marriott from The Faces, <laughs> Small Faces. I mean, The Small Faces well, are amazing. They're pretty good, but I, I, I think he deserves more shine. I know the Who would say no, but him and the Who would be amazing. I don't know if Daltrey's going to the small faces. Yeah. I mean, actually, I think that that could fit. Wait, but Marriott, did Marriott, what, Marriott played guitar, right? He did, but not lead. I mean, he was a good, he could play lead, but he was he was usually more the singer. Okay. Okay, so that's a, that's a fair trade. I like that. I think that would work for both. I think that would make both bands uh, different, but in, a, in like a good way. Could you send Roger Daltrey to another band? And do a three-way trade. Sure, you so could do a three-teamer. Try, you, yeah. you know, make this, the yeah. bases feel mm-hmm. happy with whatever yeah. they get. You could mix in some some dead contracts. And... <laughs> yes. You, you okay. Can... <laughs> do you have a third third team in mind? No, I don't know who the faces are. Like, I was about uh, to ask if they're playing at Outside Lands on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the faces are, you know, Rod Stewart, Ron Wood. They did, like, oh. um, Stay With Me yeah. and so, Ooh La La. So you're... But Marriott was yeah, he... in the small faces, and then... And Marriott was also in Humble Pie. Yes. No, I mean, I can't think... They're also at Outside Lands this week. <laughs> 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 well, I don't know what... Um, the dead would have to give up an addition to Donna to get Janice Joplin to come over, but I think Big Brother, <laughs> no. Big Brother, the Holding Company becomes everybody except Jerry and Janice. But I think you've got to give up Jerry to get yeah. Janice. You can't trade a, a backup. She wasn't a rhythm guitar player. Yeah, but you can't trade a backup singer for uh, that. No, no, no. Yeah, that yeah, that yeah, trade yeah. is vetoed by the. You're getting hung up on. Get, 
you're getting hung up on drummers you'd get phil you'd get all of the keyboard players oh really oh okay uh so you're just saying just jerry and janice yeah they're like rodrigo and gabriella just like jerry and janice like that express movie where they're going across canada and they're both fucking super wasted now that works danko like yeah that'll work all right so i got one for you you trade 68 after the big pink comes out and the band are the, the hottest thing and the Beatles are still together mm-hmm. you trade McCart for the next album you trade McCartney for Danko and Richard Manuel so you still got Hudson that can mm. play the organ McCartney replaces Danko on the bass and then the Beatles become a, a, a fivesome there I like it um, your voices I, I mean, voices yeah. carry that would be fun. I feel like yeah, I, I, I want to hear Danko's version of something. <laughs> something in the way uh, <laughs> she moves. All right. All right. <laughs> Neil, do, <laughs> do, Neil, do you have another uh, rock and roll band trade that you'd like to throw sure, out there? Sure, sure. Um, at first I was thinking Roger Waters probably wanted to be traded. <laughs> But let him stay in Floyd. This is a blockbuster. We're going to go Gilmore for Hendrix. Gilmore to the Band of Gypsies. Hendrix to Pink Floyd. Probably for just one album. They're probably going to re-sign and retire with their bands. But <laughs> but I could just hear like Gilmore, Band of Gypsies, like, uh, no, but- my mind keeps going <laughs> through them changes. <laughs> Yeah, but what what album get is him out of my mind. Floyd? Are we are we going like back to like Astronomy Domini? He's got to go to the one of the earlier ones where they're like, we're just gonna well, get fucking weird, dude. Yeah, yeah. But I need Jimmy on like animals or metal. Okay, okay, I dig it. Uh, Matt, do you have another? Yeah, I was thinking about Rush and the Talking Heads. <laughs> and I was thinking about just ah. uh, yes. taking Neil. Danny Lee was on my list. And- <laughs> Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. It's like I just want to figure out. I how just to want get Rush Neil, to have a new singer. And, yeah. <laughs> Bring over David Byrne and like let's see what their music would sound like with his lyrics. But even actually, oh, I just were... said that out loud, and I don't know if I feel strongly about that. I think I like the Talking Heads more than Rush. I'm realizing, and I don't want to see their music like compromised. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. I got a, I got a funny one that I think would be interesting because I I would want to know, would this make one of the bands less cool or the other band more cool? Okay. So let's trade Axel for Bon Jovi. Yeah. I I actually thought of that one. So is Bon Jovi going to be more cool with Axel or is Rolling, uh, the Rolling Stones, the Guns N' Roses going to be less cool with Bon Jovi? I think they would be interesting in both ways i think it would work both ways well yeah but i think guns and roses roses would lose some balls okay and, yeah uh, uh bon jovi would gain some balls <laughs> okay we're we're, <laughs> we're dropping balls here and in, in making gains making, <laughs> making gains dropping balls okay <laughs> well uh trades are fun and all but matt this is your last episode on this little run uh as a guest for us and we always like to ask our guest on their last episode if they play any instruments i do i play uh guitar and ukulele and little harmonica when i'm playing like a neil young song 
I can manage. Okay, I thought you were going to say when you were in jail. When I was in I jail. I play harmonica when, I was in j- yeah. when I'm in jail. Yeah. Um, so you play the folk harp, <laughs> not the bluesy. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the recidivism blues. Yes. <laughs> but, okay, so how long have you been playing? How'd you uh, learn? I, I learned how to play guitars like sophomore year of college my brother uh gave me the guitar he learned on and kind of wrote down on a piece of paper like what a through a through g all the like um what do we call those the whole chords (laughs) the whole the full chords the major chords (laughs) the full full, full monty Monty chords (laughs) just practice those over and over and just like found a couple songs and took a one guitar class at florida state and then, yeah, just have been uh, continuing I mean, on with it ever since. If you took a guitar class at Florida State, then you must be a fucking <laughs> dude. House of the Rising expert Sun, guitar player. Finger pick the shit out of. Don't even start. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. Came in handy doing stand up too, like trying to, you know, fill set time. Like when you have to do like twenty minutes and you only have like eight minutes of material maybe if people laugh so then it's like get out the guitar yeah. <laughs> like we'll fill it up Here's at a that good... point are you just like kind of impersonating sandler or impersonating fallon <laughs> impersonating sandler that's so funny and like for a you know music historian i'm ashamed right now josh like the people Shel- are Shel- silverstein have... okay sorry <laughs> steve martin i mean zach galifianakis like i don't know there's probably, but yeah, basically. Zach plays guitar? Actually, I know piano, a little purple onion. I'd probably say Jimmy Fallon. I did, wouldn't, I'd be most similar to, which is not a good sign, but yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> Just all smiles and like enjoying the hell out of yourself. That's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. No. Chopping uh, no. <laughs> broccoli. <laughs> That's Dana Carvey. I know, but there you go, man. Like, I know. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of chopping broccoli, uh, on that note, <laughs> you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And this week we are talking about chopping broccoli because this week we are talking about Lloyd Price's Stagger Lee, a single from 1958 written by Lloyd Price and Harold Logan and produced by Don Costa and released on ABC Paramount. Well, first, I just want to say how, like, hard this is. Like, I didn't realize coming into this when you guys first said, yeah, come on the show, we'll each pick a song. Like, to settle on, like, one (laughs) tune. Like, you guys get to keep doing this next week, but I had to, like... So I really like jumped around to a bunch of different kind of sort of categories of where I kind of put songs and albums and years. And I realized like this kind of is one that I feel like it was one of the first songs I ever heard where I was thinking like, I want to hear that again. Like it like lodged in its head of like, oh, put that back on whatever that was that sounded good. And yeah, yeah, like Staggerly or just listening to my parents like have parties growing up and we'd be like sitting on the staircase like watching the party we're supposed to be in bed and they're like listening to this in kansas city and the stroll or mac mm-hmm. the knife or um yeah but staggerly is just one that i don't know uh, i always loved and then when i got older and i started listening to other bands and you realize like how many people like covered it reimagined it 
it's just one that I've always loved. Love the love the lyrics. Love like most of the versions that I've heard. And um, yeah, I just thought it'd be a good one to kind of dig into and talk about. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's so many versions. I mean, it's it's so crazy. Like I didn't actually even know this one before you brought it up. Oh, really? Um, I'm more familiar with like Taj Mahal, Grateful Dead, and I'd say even uh, the Mississippi John Hurt, but this is really cool. It's kind of, I guess it was the first hit version. I can't believe it went to number one in uh, 59, which is crazy um, to think about that I'd never even heard it. It's such a cool dramatization of like real events that who knows what really happened, but um, it's, it's cool to hear how everyone makes it their own. But this version by Lloyd Price um, just has a real groove to it. It doesn't necessarily, I don't feel like the music matches the story content. It's, it's almost like a production of Stagger Lee. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's more of a pop version. And I can see it almost like a, on a stage, like a big production, almost like a play or something. Yeah. But uh, every version of the song is great. It's such a cool story. Um, Very simple. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I had never heard this song before this week and when you were saying that i thought you were talking about staggily like the mississippi john hurt version i was like oh yeah that's a great song taj mahal you know many other people who've done it and you know other a lot of people have done this song too but i I just am more familiar with the blues tune which i guess this descended from i mean it's the same story but it's really not the same song at all the dead version is pretty close to this it's not the same exact words, but it's closer to this than Staggily Blues, basically. It's like something in between. But this is like, this is just very of that era. Like, I'm not surprised that it hit number one in 59 because it's, ba- it, you know, it, it combines all the fun elements of music from that decade in like a really smooth, well-produced package. You know, it's fun, it's straightforward, it's poppy. There's actually a little rockabilly in there. It, you know, it's a lot of sax and piano. Like you said, Neil, I mean, it, it, when I was listening to it, I was just like, because this story usually for me, it's just kind of like, it's more solemn uh, lessons mm-hmm. to be learned almost, or just life is tough. Whereas this kind of makes it peppy and, and it's a little contra like the, the, the vibe kind of contradicts the story, but it does. It kind of makes it sound like it should be over like a part of a soundtrack for the story of Stagger Lee and like, you know, maybe in one of their fun gambling nights, you know, this is, <laughs> this is what's playing uh, on the film, but you know, it's an enjoyable song, but it's not like, it's not one that I think I'll go back to for this era of music. I, I, yeah. I just prefer the earlier versions, but it, it's, it is a really smooth collection of, you know, a lot of great things from that era. And no, it, just what you were saying about uh, peeking out through the window, seeing your parents, like, it makes me want to dance, this version, which is not normal for uh, any other versions <laughs> of Sarah <Lee. laughs> But this one makes me want to move, for sure. And the leaves came tumbling down That's so like interesting to hear you guys say that, that like you less familiar with this or like weren't because for me it's this was the entry point to like all of them and but now you're right like I could point at probably four of the other covers that I probably played more frequently over the last week since thinking about doing the song like because <laughs> well I, I just like there's so many cool reimaginings of it um, but like you were saying Josh mm-hmm. like. I love, and I think I loved from the time I was a kid and I heard it, and then all the subsequent versions just, like, 
the story yeah the production's like different but i think the story is what grabbed me initially like the bulldog barking the guys gambling the the bullet going through the glass mm-hmm. like and like yeah. all of those visuals and i think then ha- that being kind of like a door to the other versions was kind of cool but yeah. also just like the legend and the history of it and it's funny you say that josh about like it could be in a movie about it because I started to like, I don't know if I've told you guys this or not, but so I started writing screenplays a couple years ago and I started researching like all of the story behind like this song and yeah, like cool. that it actually happened on Christmas. They got into a fight, but they were friends and one of them shot the other one. And like, then it turned into a field holler song. I think I love this one the most for the nostalgia part, but you're right. There's like better arranged versions with instruments i kind of prefer probably or i don't know it's a credit to lloyd price for take it because if you listen to the earlier versions stag lead on to my wife all that bad you know it's less clear cut what the story is in the earlier ones i mean you can you can tell what's going on but this i mean lloyd price basically took this and was like all right i'm gonna tell it do like a straight up story song like Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm sure there were plenty before but he's kind of really writing out every line every single line is boom 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 boom. you know exactly what happened in this scenario which Mm -hmm. you kind of do with the earlier ones kind of it's always you just know he's bad and like you know you know that somebody died you know that staggerly killed somebody i do like how this one is from a it's from a point of view of of somebody who saw what happened I, I, yeah, exactly. I wrote that down too, like how it's a narrator kind of watching this unfold rather than like, and it's hard to not jump into the other versions of it, but like the Samuel L. Jackson one in Black Snake Moan, like he's, he is staggerly in that version. Like, you know what I mean? It's cool yeah. all the different points of view mm-hmm. that people give to it. You know, we mentioned the cinematic. I mean, this even starts off with something that's in none of the other ones, which is like this slow, the night was clear, and the moon was (laughs) yellow, and the leaves came tumbling down, and then it's just like, what? (laughs) Yeah, it was like a classic 50s slow start, and then they wind up into like double time. Here we go. Well, I mean, the the guy who... Everyone on the dance floor. The guy who produced this, as I mentioned, Dan... uh, Don Costa, he was like he found Paul Anka. He produced a bunch of Sinatra's big records. Mm-hmm. So like, yep, yep. you know, he's coming in like you can just tell the production is super smooth. You can tell this was part of ABC Paramount because if you listen to his earlier stuff, he was he was released uh, on. Um, hold on, I want to say this because we've mentioned this before in the Little Richard records, uh, Specialty records. Like if you listen to his hits from Specialty, like Laudie Miss Claudie and and some of his earlier songs. They sound, they're not as clean as as this sound, basically. Yeah, and, like, they were talking, or I was reading an article about Lloyd Price and just him doing, like, Lottie Miss Claudie and then going into the Army, and then Little Richard came out and had, like, all these hits, and then Lloyd Price had to come back and, like, chip away at it again, did Stagger Lee, got <laughs> on was... American Bandstand, and Dick Clark was like... It was like the Doors thing. They were like, "You have to change your lyrics to this song," and uh, I think he ended up doing it. He didn't, you know, yell "Light my fire" anyway. But um, <laughs> I just think like uh, yeah. it was pretty, just pretty cool to hear his story of like coming back from that because I'm sure it was probably like, "Man, I'm I had my 15 minutes." Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah, Elvis coming a- back from the army, or, or yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it was it was a good idea to just take this song and make it his own because. 
you know, there are so many versions, but I do love how they are. I feel like they're all very different. There's there's Stagger Lee and he kills Billy DeLion and like what he did with it was very good for radio. Since we keep referring to the history of the song, I'm just going to give you some some quick hits from, from Wikipedia. So Stagger Lee is based on a story out of St. Louis, Missouri, 1895. It was first published in 1911 and first recorded in 1923 by Fred Waring's Pennsylvanians. Was that instrumental? I yeah, tried to find it. I, I, just, I just found the instrumental, too. It's like, this is Stagger Lee. <laughs> um, supposedly the guy's name was Lee Shelton. Uh, there's a bunch of different stories. You can go look that up, uh, where he got the name from. He and Billy Lyons were kind of underworld people in St. Louis. They were friends. They got into a fight while gambling, and then, boom, then you have this. I mean, you know, yeah, then like you said, like Mississippi John Hurt, W.C. Handy, Duke Ellington, Woody Guthrie, Cab Calloway, all these people recorded it, and then Lloyd Price kind of brought it into the mainstream. Although I, I can't, I honestly can't believe I'd never heard this this version of it. That it was, was really fun to go back and listen to like all of those kind of that you were talking about before, because I realized like, oh, I knew about the Dead's version, and I knew Mississippi John Hurt and Taj Mahal, but like outside of that, there's a bunch, and there the lyrics. Like I was reading through a bunch of them like you were saying like the point of view of the person telling the story what happens in the story who did what to whom like is his hat involved or not like was there a dog or not like yeah, yeah. each one was like <laughs> it is a true story but some of it so much of it now is like this has this legendary feel and i kind of love it if there's all these different types of songs that have retold it for sure i mean the other impressive thing about this song is that it doesn't really have a chorus and that's you know, tip of the hat mm-hmm. to the production to Costa again and Price, who I'm sure had a lot of say in it. They keep the song moving. Like, it starts and it goes. There's not really a tag. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, the, the backups play, the backup vocals play such a huge part in the song because they yeah. they kind of move it along. That, along with that saxophone, mm-hmm. really just, yeah. I mean, it's not a train, but it, it, like you said, it's just swinging the whole time. But it's also got this, like, kind of rockabilly feel to it. And, and it, it's really impressive that they can do that and keep you engaged with with really not a chorus or a tag of any kind. I love how the uh, the the background vocals are so thick. And then even when they go into like the instrumental breaks, they change it to oohs and ahs. Mm-hmm. And like, I figured out they were saying oh staggerly, but I was I thought they were saying go staggerly. I'm like, I thought they were, I thought why they were you, saying. Why are you cheering for Stagger Lee? No, at the end they do because they they're telling him. Okay, to, they, they do run away. Well, like you just shot. Yeah, a guy. they're telling him to run. Well, it's right after he just shot <laughs> Billy DeLine, and he's. Why are you guys cheering for this guy? They're like, yeah, Stagger Lee, get him, Neil. Neil, they're telling him to run. Lyrical savant. <laughs> but I like that. There's no. It's not any subtext. You know, there's so many songs I listen to that's like strawberry fields forever and what's it about and like you know what man sometimes i just want to fucking hear the story beginning middle and end tell me what happened let's button this up but even <laughs> with the way it's being sang the go stagger lee it's it's it sounds like they're on his side and i'm pissed at stagger lee <laughs> <laughs> well who knows billy like, billy lyons may have been at well, fault you know well, i mean no probably shouldn't he have, may died, have been but... but the the funniest thing is I've got three little children and a very sickly wife. <laughs> Next line is Staggerly shot Billy. <laughs> like he's just like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's his Huckleberry. 
Well, if that, you dig in enough case. into like the research behind this, there's a lot that's written about like him being seen as like a, a hero, like almost like an Avenger to a, like the community because it's almost like the Godfather, like that's justice in America for Italian Americans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was fucked up, Got it. but touching another man's hat in some settings is like cause for hey motherfucker <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna dance now this is a stetson <laughs> well i i also yeah that's the stetson i love how they're just sitting at like it's just the two of them rolling dice against the fucking wall at, yeah. at late while the guy's walking his dog like what's up oh these two fucking degenerates <laughs> somebody's gonna get shot one day and like oh shit that day is today. All right, got it. Yeah, but hang on a second. We could have done the same thing to Long As I Can See the Light and Sweet Jane, too. We could have said, like, you know what? This fucking guy's telling his old lady to keep a candle burning. He's going to go out and get some strange, but, hey, I'll be back when I'm tired. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, he's not killing a man with three children well, and a sickly wife. He didn't know that. The guy could have, you know... <laughs> So he's a sore loser. There's a version of this song, and I'm trying to think of the guy's name, Dave Von Ronk. I don't know if you saw his. Oh, yeah. But he Dave does Von a Ronk, chorus yeah, where a... it's like you lose. If, I, I didn't write it down, shit, but like you lose, get good at losing if, if you're losing money. Like just suck it up. Like you lost, move on. And that's yeah. the one mm -hmm. part that I see like Stagger Lee kind of gets away yeah, with. Yeah. So there's a lesson to the kids, uh, those, those children, Podgate Rock and Roll fans. <laughs> don't be a sore loser. We we should talk about real quick that uh, you know, the personnel on this song is Lloyd Price on vocals, Merritt Mel Dalton playing that smooth sax solo, which I think is probably my favorite part of the song because, as you said, Neil, combined with those oohs and ahs and the way they kind of change the background there. Um, Clarence Johnson on piano, John Patton on bass, Charles McClendon and Eddie Saunders on tenor sax, Ted Kirsten on trumpet, and Styx Simpkins on drums. I should ask y'all to guess what instrument Sticks Simpkins was going to be, be playing on this song. But that's it. I mean, musically, we've touched I mean, it's it's really all about the sax for me. And everything else yeah. sounds great and moves it right along. But it's all about that sax. Boy, I did notice that the whole song, every time they change the chord, it's just like a harmonized horns doing a couplet. Like, boom, 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 boom. The whole song long, yeah. that's kicking with the background vocals. Um, yeah, it's very big. So, it's yeah. very big band. Mm -hmm. Like what what they're doing with it, and just kind of going from that to the melody a little bit. You know, whenever they're doing that, they're usually going to a seventh there to kind of turn around to the mm -hmm. next line. Which I I'm a sucker for that shit. I, I love it when you, <laughs> yeah, when you everybody everybody in everybody in that is. line with a seventh and bring me That's back that, to the next one. That drug dealing seventh. <laughs> <And that> dr <laughs> we revisit the drug dealing seventh. All this. Yeah, I mean, this could still be a drug dealing seventh, a little, mm -hmm. little, a little, oh yeah, a little happier drug dealing seventh. This is more like Harlem in the fifties than uh, noir, rainy LA in the in the seventies. Just one mm -hmm. more line, seventh. There's a little more fun coming out of this drug dealing seventh than the ELO uh, song we we discussed way well, back when. These guys are all. He's from like Louisiana, right? And like they're all that whole like yeah. Louisiana brass you know big band sound it's yeah in really 52 fats it. domino was on piano on yeah. his like 
first couple recordings. But a couple fun facts. I mean, this did make this version of this song made the Rolling Stone yep. 500, uh, 456. Sure did. How as long yeah. as I can see the light, the only one that has it in like the last ten songs huh. we've done. It's crazy. Well, because there's too much good credence. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it, like said, this about womanizing was... and running out of your family. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was number one on the rock and pop charts. And it, it sold over a million records. It was his, 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 I mean, this hit number one, but I think I was reading that personality. I didn't know he did that song, but it was a bigger song for him over the long term. He's got personality. Personality. <laughs> I that too, yeah. Wow. Even on Spotify, <laughs> that had like three million more listens than Staggerly. <laughs> but that song may well, be used okay. in like a ton of stuff though right haven't that's been in like movies and oh, commercials yeah, yeah and, it's just pop culture yeah. kind of yeah especially like when we were younger like i haven't heard it much in the last like 22 years or slash this century but i feel like when i was younger i heard that song a lot in things probably like kid shows and stuff but speaking of kid shows i think it's time we i think it's time we vibe and uh and matt you get one more shot at this so Cue the music in three, two, one. I'm really going to miss you guys. Womp <laughs> <laughs> womp. So that, all right, that's the, that's the vibe we're Now the vibe's with. kicking now. <laughs> uh, all right, Matt, this is your song. When do you want to hear it? At a family reunion. Like, you guys hit the nail on the head with the dancing. Like, I don't, uh, it doesn't matter any of the other stuff just when it comes on and that band kicks in it's a fucking yeah grab, grab grandma let's get out to the middle of the floor and just do the the chicken dance you know so, that kind of vibe so somebody's uh somebody's like racing to put on twist again and you're like yo you, you play twist again instead of stagger lee and you're gonna get say twist, twist again and i'm gonna grab my 44 <laughs> Not at all, man. Twist again could be the next tune. You know, shout. You know, um, Neil. When do you want to hear it? Well, um, I do love that there is a version for every occasion ah. of all the different versions. Like the dead is funky, this is dance, um, the blues is just kind of a little more mysterious and dark. It is funny because I was gonna say um, I want to hear this version when I'm doing the twist uh, for sure, <laughs> and it, it is. Yes. Uh, I will play this again. This would be a good like grab the grab a hold of the DJ booth, put this on, and be like, "Trust me, you're gonna fucking love this one." Because <laughs> it, it's you can't deny that it just you know if you hadn't heard it before, you'd be like, "Yeah, this is this is sweet." It's got a it's got a fun attitude. I, I, so I would say I'm gonna just be very uh, topical and say I want it like the next. A few years ago, I went to this like Cuban bar for New Year's, and they had like gambling in the back. I would like I'm like with a craps table. The next time I play craps, I would love to hear this song. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And and speaking of craps and Cuban bars, why don't we slide under the influence and and uh, talk about the influences of this song? I will get us started off with this. I, you know, I mean, this is obviously influenced by the story of Staggerly, which we've discussed. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Jerry Lee Lewis' Crazy Arms, which is a song we used to cover a lot. Mm -hmm. And also just because of the big, like, slow beginning into kind of the, the move, a little Buddy Holly, like, run around Sue. Yeah. Wait, is mm -hmm. Buddy Holly run around Sue? Yeah, yeah. 
And then, like, moving forward, it's just, like, like, like story songs. Like, something like Fancy or Devil Went Down to Georgia or, like, Take the Money and Run and, you know, shit like that. Hurricane. I'm singing Run Around Sue now. I'm trying to think of that. I don't think that is Buddy Holly, is it? No, no. Run Around Sue is going to be uh, the Everly Brothers. Yeah. No, and that's Wake Up Little Susie. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Dion. Of course it's Dion. What was yeah. I thinking? All right, influences. Matt. I mean, yeah, just I really, when I read about um, sort of the band, I'm like his influence from New Orleans, like I just went back and and even listening to Fred Waring's Pennsylvanian's instrumental version of this song, like it was a little bit like that big band influence and particularly yeah. with a New Orleans kind of twist to it. Um, but then as we talked about with the covers, like I think you know, there's no way he's not aware writing this version of the song about like Ma Rainey and the other versions that came before it and just that kind of direct influence on the yeah. story. Absolutely. And there was one lyric in there that Ma Rainey had that's she said a hundred dollar coffin and an eighty dollar hack carried him to the cemetery but did not bring him back. He was my man, but he's done me wrong. Like there's so many good <laughs> lyrics in every version of this song. That I feel like that had to feed into his, you know. I think him taking this song to number one had, like, I saw Amy Winehouse a cover, like, Hugh Laurie from fucking, you know, A Bit of Fry. Well, 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 we're, not, we're not under the covers Sorry, yet, my friend. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoa. Let a guy hang out for three weeks. He starts steering the car into oncoming traffic. <laughs> so you're like one of those guys who just passes out early, <laughs> like nobody off. knows where you went. All right, Neil, um, influences. Influence. I'm just going to go with songs moving forward. Um, songs about bad guys with guns, Rocky Raccoon. Um, I think Croce, Bad Bad, Leroy Brown, and Don't Mess Around with Jim. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think even Give Me Three Steps and stuff like uh, Panama Red. Do you guys know that old bluegrass? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Panama Red. Panama, Panama Red. Red. All right, all right. Matt, Matt and I's karaoke uh, streak <laughs> continues. Speaking of bad dudes and streaks, it's covers time. Kind of, we've <laughs> we've kind of been we've kind of had our toes under the our feet under the covers at least this entire time. But now we're gonna throw the entire electric blanket on and and get into this. Uh, Neil, why don't you get us started here? Give us don't go through all of them. Just give us the one you like the most. I would say, actually, the one I like the most is by a band, Pacific Gas and Electric. Oh. Um, I first heard that on the uh, Death Proof soundtrack, but now I have it on vinyl, that album. Really good. It reminds me of um, the country funk stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, I for didn't sure. I that one. Check that out. Uh, Matt, what, what you got? What's your favorite cover? The one that I really listened to the most is Taj Mahal, but my favorite was Sam Jackson and Black Snake Moan. Okay, nice, nice. Well, yeah, the Taj Mahal one is more the staggily blues, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, which so I just don't think they're the same. Like, like if we were going that direction, I would probably, Mississippi John Hurt, I think, is by far the best version of this song. I would say that the, my, the best one that I heard of, like, that was this tune, it's probably a tie between Wilson Pickett and Ike and Tina. I, probably Wilson Pickett's the best. I, I, it's just yeah. so groovy, and it... it 
it, it really just kind of takes it in, in, into well, it's like, a like this version excess but with attitude with excessive. Yeah. Whereas I Tino's is just a little more. I don't know. The production in that one is just wild. Whatever the fuck he was throwing in there. But it's so clean with Mantina fucking singing. And he's just throwing a lot of weird noises in there. He, he, he was on something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ike was on something. Uh, Neil, give us give us another one that you, that you liked. Well, I really do love the Dead version. It's so cool what they do with the story. It's a completely different song. Yes. You know, it's it's very funky. I just, I did not know it was on Shakedown Street. That was news to me. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and I used to listen to this, like, um, Jerry Garcia acoustic concert that I had on cassette back in the day. I, for, I don't know if it's the Passaic, New Jersey, or what it is, but there's a lot of cool versions of Jerry yeah. just picking this by himself. and. Just hearing him sing those lines, it's it's really cool. And the way, you know, Staggerly gets got in the end. Yeah, Lila. it's it's fine. I, I it's a little boring to me, honestly. But the beginning is great. The 1940 Christmas Eve doesn't do it for me. No, no. <laughs> no. All right, all no. right. I remember no. it's, uh, it's just... we went to see the Dead at US Air Arena in like '93, and they played this, and I remember being like wait a second i'm because i'm like i'm knowing lloyd price at this point i'm like they doing lloyd price's no i i but i remember it feeling like slowing down and i hate that my younger self thought that because now i think i do dig it a lot more and like hearing it but i i remember a time life, when I life like, slows well, down as you age you yeah. know <laughs> maybe I do really like the dead version, but this one by this guy, Dave Von Ronk or Van Ronk, um, which I kind of had to dig a little bit deep for that one, but I uh, thought just his take on it and the lyrics kind of his version of it were really good. Okay. Okay. I didn't, I didn't hear that one. God, there's just so many. So, okay. Yeah. I, well, since I named two at the, at the beginning, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one that I did not, that I think is the worst version I heard. And Ooh, I got one too. <laughs> do, do you have one as well, Matt? Is it yeah. the one you guys, the one I made you listen to for this episode? <laughs> no, no, no. All right, Neil, do you want to see if it's the same thing? I'm going to count a three. Yeah, sure. Three, two, one, Nick Cave Neil in the Neil Diamond. Okay. <laughs> we almost had what it. Did you say? But, uh, okay. Look, look, I couldn't even get. Like the Nick Cave one, I turned on and it was off in 20 seconds. I was like, "This is not staggeringly goodbye." Dude, but, um, it was so bad, and he's done it a lot. But did you check out the Neil Diamond? I did not get that far. No. Oh, that was yeah, the Neil Diamond filter on it. Uh, well, it's and it's this. It's like Lloyd Price's version, a little slower and kind of super cheesed out. Yeah, it's a little slower and more <laughs> rhinestoney. Uh, it's an important it's, part of rock history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was the worst one that you heard, Matt? I mean, I'd agree with you that Nick, Hugh Nick Cave, uh, Hugh Laurie was also <laughs> really bad. Amy Winehouse looked like it she was. was just gonna fall over. Yeah, I wanted more from that. Nick Cave. I definitely I shut off too, and yeah. I was close well. to commenting on some YouTube comments of people who like <laughs> talked about how much they loved that version. I'm like, you listen, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> You, guys you were like, how dare you <laughs> blaspheme I was into song. it in t- until he started singing. <laughs> when he started singing, I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. Uh, well, uh, that brings us to the shoe portion of this podcast. And so, Matt, it's your song. How does the shoe fit? 
I mean, I think it fits great from a nostalgia perspective. I do, I do, I feel like in picking this song was kind of trying to tap into all of the versions. So, but I'll describe the shoe that goes with the Lloyd, the Lloyd Price one. And that's just like a shiny black wingtip kind of, you just got to dance, man. Like my wife made mm-hmm. us, that didn't make us. I liked it. We took dance classes, like some stuff yeah. like that. And that was pretty good. Like the big band stuff when they play songs like this and shoes for that. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Neil, what, what you, what you got? The shoe fits, and since most stories tell Stagger Lee is a pimp, I'll just go with pimp shoes. Fits uh, well. You've done that before, right? Like a long maybe, time ago. Maybe, like a year ago. I'm trying ago, to think if it was you yes. or Jonathan. But yeah, yeah. Neil's, Neil's got a pair of pimp shoes somewhere back in the closet. <laughs> Matt, that's what I'm thinking. That might have been the third time Can he's gone there. describe um, the pimp shoes to us? Like, what would they look like? pimp shoes. Like, well, it's pimp shoes from 1895. Let's, let's, let's at least do that. So, so they're not a, comfortable. Probably there's boots. a buckle. There's definitely a buckle. <laughs> there, there's there's a buckle, buckle. There's some scuffs. And a zipper. Wait, we're not. This isn't, pil- this isn't pilgrim times. <laughs> and there's a set of keys dangling. It's, it's close. It's close. <laughs> oh, my God. This For me, this fits like a, uh, like a shoe that I ordered um, because I thought it was something else. And then when it arrived, I was like, ah, you know, I don't dislike it. But I'm gonna return it to get the original yeah, yeah, that I yeah. love. Very nice, very nice. That's I the, like it. Yeah, that's that's what uh, there you that's go. what the shoe fits like. There it is. Well, Matt, there it is, indeed. And uh, this year, last week, we really uh, appreciate you coming on and and being a part of the podcast with us for the last couple of weeks. We hope you had fun. Yeah. Oh my God, this is great. I mean, I love listening to the show. I'm definitely gonna keep it up. Subscribe now. I will tell my friends and family members to check it out but yeah yeah this is great i really appreciate you guys having me on and hope i didn't um clog up the works too much not at all man it's yeah, been great we're, having we're, you we're, we're 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 pros at this point we got uh we got whatever size snake needed to unclog those pipes <laughs> so you know when that's a different show altogether uh... <laughs> and on yes. that note our cover of lloyd price and many others staggerly. The night was clear and the moon was yellow and the leaves came tumbling down. I was standing on the corner when I heard my In the dark It was Staggerly and Billy Two men who gambled late Staggerly through seven Billy swore thee through an eight Staggerly told Billy I can't let you go with that You have won all my money and my brand new 
The cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify or wherever you listen. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Pod Gave Rock. Next week is Neil's week, so Neil, what will we be discussing? We are finally going to talk about Be My Baby by the Ronettes. Can't wait! <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.